brilliant to be with a good friend of mine whose career I just watch and gaze at and I'm always inspired by what you're up to. There's always another level. Please welcome. Um, hello, how are you? Goldie. I'm really well. This is your Unfinished Sympathy, your ghost town, your... Is this... I think in a city is my, is my ghost, is my, is my Unfinished Sympathy. I mean, me and Dan wrote that in Stevenage. And it was an, an, an amazing piece. You know, the timeless thing was great and it's fantastic, it's beautiful. And it, it's, it's, it's a time of when these great things were happening in this country. There's a big change. And it's kind of like punk change, you know? Who did you write it with? I wrote it with Dan, me and Dan Charlemagne. You know, I went to see Dan last month. The last time I went to see her, I went to see her three times. And on the, on the second time I went, she had no use of her right side. Hardly any speech, but she sang up front and to play music, and I played the Jan uh, Janet Kay Silly Games, and she sang it the whole way down, the whole way down, and then I played the Jaleesa Anderson's version, and she started crying, and I hugged her, and that was the last time I seen her. So wow. it's kind of, you know what I mean? Diane Charlemagne, who passed away a couple of weeks ago, ago and I'm it's doing nothing because she was 51, but you know we wrote that track, and it was one of the best things we ever did. Years in the game, right? Mm. More? 30. 30. Proper. There's a b-boy, 32. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so your roots musically mm. growing up in the Midlands at that time? Punk. You know, squeeze up the junction. Public image limited. The jam. The beautiful accidents, how music finds people, you know. And I think from from my point of view, I can remember I can remember the time when I decided art this particular type of art over being actually a musician. And it was an art class where they asked us if we could make any instrument. And I decided to make a fake bass guitar with a guy that was a, a massive Stranglers fan um, in a garage in Bloxwich in the West Midlands. And his name was Andrew Wrigley. And um, when the boss went out of the garage, we'd always put on the Stranglers and Rattus Norvicus was the album that changed my life in terms of I decided I was I was a punk. And I remember taking welding rod to make the guitar bars and the strings we used um, from old guitar wires that we had and we, we'd cut the, the front of the, the guitar out of ply and we covered it with sheet metal from an old wing from an Austin Minor. 
and I riveted it, pop riveted it around, sanded the edges off, and we'd imitate Rasmus Norvikas. Which track should we play off the Stranglers album? The Stranglers album, I think it should be Rasmus Norvikas. You know, Christ lost his mother, Christ he told him not to bother because she's away and sick because she's away. No, I'm sorry, Hanging Around. It's got to be on the Rats Norvika's album, Hanging Around.
Out of all those types of bands of that period <clears> that you remember, are there any? I'm just thinking you'd be 40 because they're still active. They're still in the Midlands. Is there any people that you've connected with since in, as a, as Goldie as the artist? Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I, I mean, I spoke. I've been with UBs for quite a few festivals and stuff, and and uh, but I remember the seven inch food for thought on one food side, food for thought, and King on the other side. Right, and you know what's the strangest thing? When you say to someone about King by UB40, they just don't know. And it was that depression in the Midlands and really, the, I guess the country for that matter, right? That was going on. There was this, this area that was just waning. And that record, it's just one of the most phenomenal records that they ever made. And, and I always kind of, you know, wanted that, you know? And, um, you know, I've, I've seen the other stuff and you know, they always got known for the cover versions. I mean, you know, all this other stuff, but I think King, you know, the, the original stuff. Yeah, I've heard the word cod reggae associated to them. <laughs> if you listen yeah, back to that, that, that <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. <laughs>
that was for me bumper packs of beer sitting on a canal, you know, and and it was it was really that kind of this is England for me because I was I didn't know who I was, and um and and I think that being in these different children's homes, I think being at Crockstein was. There was this moment at Crockstein when I was ad admitted to Crockstein, and um, while they were doing the paperwork, I went into this, the, to the, the playroom, and there's two ten pins at the bottom of the, the garden where the kids are at this naughty school, not allowed to leave, or looking at the window, looking back through the garden, looking back at this kid, lone kid in, in, a, in a room, in their playroom, who is this stranger? And I open the gramophone, and there it is. It's a beige kind of peach record label and it's Supertramp the logical song and I pull the arm of the, the the gramophone and it went up and it went across and it went on the record and my light switched on and I cried like a baby and he just and it was like and I literally pulled it and pulled it and pulled it like about 10 12 times his record until they came in and they dragged me away kicking and screaming I just, I just went into one and, and lost the plot and was left there with this record in my head so that was my first real experience of the big bell you know for music
done this You've conversation done this thing. thing. Oh. I've been a huge fan, as you know, from the very beginnings all the way through your career up till now. <laughs> Massive supporter, um, Britishness to the fore, club culture, it's all there. We, uh, we've had a... You know, we've lived the same. The yeah. light, well, no, not the same life, but we've had <laughs> very different lives. Well, yeah, yeah, we've lived parallax in a parallax in a way as yeah. well, because it's been like that. But it's the same thing with Mark and Digo. That I'd say to them about one thing, and they go, oh, 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 "You need to go back and listen to this." Four hero, four hero. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, really? You know, and. Michael Franks, not many people probably know about Michael Franks. Yeah, let's talk about Michael Franks because, exactly, I don't think... I, I, I'll sometimes just pull out a little Michael Franks track out to somebody who I think is a music head and they'll not even know you. They've no. never heard of him. Oh, no, man. He's incredible. See, I'm a bit of a wolf in sheep's clothing when it comes to this kind of stuff. Tell me about Michael Franks, how you discovered him. Well, well, Michael Franks, you know, was discovered... I was in Miami. I was taking a trip up to Palms. I was going to my friend's place in Palms. He plays this tune and it's like four, it's about 4.30 in the morning. And I'm just dumbstruck at this tune. And it starts with the watercolors there. You know, and I've put this on and I'm like, wow. This just blew me away. Like lovers floating, painted by sugar. And I were you, I then We thought the rush would never end We thought the sky The sky would never fall We lived, we loved, we laughed, we It's Michael Franks, you know, a teacher, you know, scholar in his own right, but a great poet, 
I mean, his poetry is, you know, he's, he's a very, very clever, clever writer. He's a very smart guy, very educated guy. And I kind of felt like this music, I'm like, I'm, I don't deserve this. I don't even understand, you know, couldn't even get my head around it. But the music, the, the kind of, the melancholy, man. He's very, very, you know, and, and The Art of Tea was, an, a, you know, another unbelievable, you know, for me, that was like, wow. Well, you know, this is just something else. You know, because the normal thing for track for me would be normally we go down things like Steely Down, that route and everything else. I get that. But I, I kind of went in and went in and I was really attracted to all of the left field stuff that was just, you know, way out there. The Lyle May stuff, which has really has been a massive influence on my chord structure and arrangement. And it's weird because Still Live Talking is Michael Franks and Pat Metheny combo right there in terms of arrangement because I was always from the sample I was I always came from taking something and putting it together and I think that's just arrangement and I think from from lying down in my dad's front room when I finally found him when I was 21 in Miami in Carroll City which is a very Jamaican neighborhood and recording you know finding late night jazz and finding Pat Metheny was just huge for me because I, I got this b-boy thing in my blood and now something was changing in my, in my musical it was still there and very strong but there was this other side of me that was the Sunday morning and wanted to kind of grow up a little bit and go and walk on the beach and see all the I mean I'm, I'm a Miami you know drawing my name in big letters in big blockbuster letters in the morning at five in the morning after just staying out at Club Scratch on Fifth Avenue and discovering like you know, I'm hearing things like when Matheny, you know, are you going with me? Which changed my life. It's completely. funny, it changed my life as well, that song. Did it really? So much. I remember I was at someone's place and they played it to me in the middle of the night. I was in love. The song was played. It, it changed my life. Changed your life.
I speak to Pat a lot. Me and Pat are really, really tight. I speak to him a lot. And I'm reworking Are You Going With Me right as we speak. I'm reworking it. And I'm working it with Matt Calvert from the Heritage, who's just an absolute genius. I mean, the guys, him and his brother, they're both, they should be, they should be tied up and locked away, those two, because they are absolutely nuts. They are absolute geniuses of, of creating music. And and I'm, I'm taking everything that Pat has taught me in terms of arrangement, because people seem to forget that the, the, the key for someone that doesn't program, I don't have to program, because... I'm an artist, I paint that stuff, so I'm painting it all of the time. There's always this this kind of, this canvas that's evolving at both ends all of the time. And um, arrangement, man, you know, still life talking is, is why still life is on the album, along with Michael Frank's still life. Because Michael Frank's version of still life is talking about a portrait, two lovers that have been captured by an artist. And you know, you listen to that on Miami Beach at six in the morning when the sun's coming up, and it's a different kind of record, right? And the same with Pat Metheny, you look at that influence of South America and Mignano, which is another tune that I want to play. Because if anyone's out there that wants to hear about Pat Metheny and get into Pat, let's start you at Mignano.
I, I phoned Pat at Christmas and said to him, he's just insane, man. Does he get yeah. it? Does he get you? He, he gets. By the way? He gets me. He gets me because he's like he loves. Does he get the music you're coming from? I think so. Yeah. It's just kind of like he's like you know, the whole still life thing, you know. He's and it was it was like because his girlfriend introduced us in Paris when we did the live shows in '96. That's how we'd met to his girlfriend, which is now his wife. And it was weird because I phoned him randomly to tell him that, you know, he, he was coming here to do an interview for Radio 4 or something. And I just wanted to say to him that, you know, obviously Olay, which is another, we haven't got time for more, Pat, but unbelievable piece of music. Um, it just changed my life. I mean, my whole arrangement skills is down to this guy. And even when I speak to electronic artists now, like Halogenics or these young bucks that are coming up, and guys, get away from the fucking computer screen, man. You know, you need to understand and listen to stuff outside of this music because this, this music is only an amalgamation of five genres. What are you doing? You need to go and listen to your homework and come back and learn what arrangement is, man. What do you make of Flying Lotus? It's, it's pretty gnarly, man. I mean, the guy is out there. I mean, I was I was trying to get him to do in a city. He was very busy the last couple of years. I think he'll regret it. <laughs> but he's very talented, man. I mean, it's for me, it's very on the back of it's Digo, another reincarnation of Digo, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of vibe. It's that it's that funk for me, you know. But I I mean, I always wanted him to do it. The other guy that did it. Last month was Bevan, which is Burial. He's remixed Inner City Life, and his version is amazing. It's amazing. And Come um, on, you can't not let I us cannot. hear that. So, um, You've got that for us, right? Yes. <laughs> I'll send it to you. Even he hasn't got it. No one has it. We've got to play I don't that. give it to anybody. We've got to play that. Because he's taken an approach on it, which is... He's taken it to this rave tune, this original, where he's come from, which I kind of respect. And played a few of my friends are like, just don't get it. I'm, I get it completely. That's Any drums point. in it? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like 140, 50 BPM, something like that. It's just, yeah. But he's a beautiful creature too. You know, he came, he came, we did this thing, working under the house, which is mental. We never released, we just purposely said we're never gonna release it. It's like, we just did it. That's what we do, right? That's what artists do. And I drew him a painting, because he's always sketching, and I'm just like, get your head out of the sketchbook, do a canvas. Why don't you paint a canvas? Uh, I'm like, why? I'll show you, look, skip the drawing, look at this drawing. Do another drawing. So I've copied his drawing. And says, the art is imitation, my friend. So I've just done this canvas. And it was so good, I'm like, oh God, I've got to do another one, the same. So I did exactly the same and copied it slightly, copied it, imitated myself. And did two versions, and they're, they're called the twins, and they're slightly different. And you don't know which one you want to go for, but they have the same passage on the back. I'm not going to say what the passage is, but a very beautiful passage, just for me and him. And I said, just take it with you. He's like, I can't, just take it, put it on your wall. And that was that session. That was what he's about. He's a very, very talented young man. What should we play from Burial's album, um, apart from the remix? I think from Burial's album, let's play... Um, I'm track, I'm terrible with track yeah. names. I'm awful. Just play something off the first album. Just play something off the first album. Yeah.
he, you know, he's one of those guys that just doesn't, he shies away from all this stuff. I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I don't care because I can, I, can, I can go out there and that's what I do. And he's a very, very beautiful guy. He's got his, his head, he's... The way, I've never seen anyone program like him, still. And I've seen a lot of people program. His whole process is just out there on its own, which is what makes it so unique. to Goldie to be with you right now at this point Sounds how many years ladies. after time Sounds Sounds what, ladies. what is 20 it 20 years it's 20 years 20 it's 22 years. years in fact when we first started the project I want to just think because you've been through club culture decades of it 
and we're revisiting it and I'm smelling it I'm feeling I can smell the corridors I can just see the door people if you could go back to one like you could have one evening um, and you're at home and you're about to go out and you can, re- to the evening. you can replay it now where would, would that be? it'd be getting ready to go to Blue Note where I knew that we'd finish the tour going back to Blue Note switching the lights on and saying we made it guys here's the gold disc to prove it when the timeless went gold Blue Note, let's remember, was a club in Old Street, Hoxton Square. Hoxton Square. Which was actually set up by Eddie Pillar, Eddie Pillar initially. And I used to do a night there actually called Far East. And Far was, East. Uh, God, yeah. There was... Uh, Talvin and... There was their night. That was a different night. That was, yeah. There was Far East. There was... What was their night? Anoka. Anoka, that's it. And, uh, and of course, the legendary Metalheads the Blue Note. Yeah. There were good times. I mean, that Sunday six, night. seven years was a, just an amazing time. I you know, there. I mean, everybody went there. It was like anyone, and it wasn't like we think. Well, it's like trendy now, where all these people turn up an A list. He had the A list in shortest. They were going there when it was they didn't. They just wanted to be out in the in the in the trenches. I came out one time and David Bowie was sitting on the steps smoking, and he was sitting there next to Trevor Murray going, "Great club, isn't it? In there, it's a bit hot now." And then Bjork used to go there all the time. And, and uh, Was the Metalhead tonight, the Blue Note, that was after... It followed the jazz club. It was after Speed, it, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the kind of It natural... was just that trans- natural transition, really, yeah, from Speed. Can I just say, for me, and I've told you this many times, but Speed was the ultimate club for that period of time. Because mm. I was already DJing a lot by then, and I was doing... I was a professional person in music, but I know that I didn't play out on a Thursday because I had to go to Speed. Wow. It, it was that sort of sense of, mm. of what it's all about. Why we, what, why I got into club culture was belonging or being inspired by a group of people who made me leave the club. I needed it. It was my dose of whatever mm. it was that energised me and mm. encouraged me and pushed me on. And that was the most... I'll never forget walking in there. You'd be standing by the DJ. Brooklyn would be on or mm. Fabio Conway would be on the mic. What track should we have. play? What track should we play just for that night? What was the big one the that night? night? Oh, it's got to be digital. Space funk, digital. Sense, yeah. Digital and spirit.
can we talk a bit about Fotec? Because to me, mm. he was that mm. album on Science. Mm. Unbelievable, yeah. The stuff he did for you as well. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, Rupert, talk about him. Yeah, Rupert and... Rupert's mix of Believe is pretty f- unbelievable. I don't know if you'd be able to get it though, to be honest. I've got it somewhere. Yeah, that's the problem with a lot of this. It was pre- I do have, I do have, yeah. Pre-iTunes. I've got it though, I've got it somewhere. Find your acetates. I've got dats, man. I have, well, I have the vaults, man. <laughs> Rupert, Rupert, I spoke to him 10 days ago and he still, he still is a maverick beyond for me. Foltex approach to music the baby boy mix of Inner City was, was, I didn't think it's just way ahead. Well, that was like the one that sounded like into the 90s. Was it a sort yeah, of version yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a kind of his hip trip, trip hop kind of version. Massive. It's just huge, right? So good. Yeah, it just moves and it's just the style, you know. And I, th- I think, to be honest, I, I, it wouldn't be right unless I didn't play. And I think for Fotek, for me, Hidden Camera. Still, for me, it's probably one of the greatest records he's ever made, really. I mean, you can't really mess with it to be honest.
It's 20 years since Timeless. Yeah. With Goldie. Here's the thing that I always wondered about, and one of the sort of scenes that never quite internationalised itself or managed to sort of turn into a global movement was Broken Beat, which is something which... It's a shame, really, because that... that Digo was very Digo, much It's weird because Digo was kind of like... I remember going to... I was in Brazil or somewhere, and, and uh, Afronaut was playing there. Orin. Orin was playing there. And I thought, it's going to go. This is going to go. It's going to blow. And it just didn't. It was like, it was just, I think, that the Broken Beat thing. One of my theories about Broken Beat was the fact that, as opposed to drum and bass, that drum and bass was a movement. It captivated a lot of people. But it had leaders. And it had leaders and people who knew how to talk to the media mm. and how to market it. Not necessarily meant to be like the way, but you had Bookham, you had you, you had Ronnie, mm. you had people, I mean, you evidently. But I think with Broken Beat, no one really wanted to take that on. Responsibility. IG well, it's, well or, you ain't got to look at IG and those guys when thinking about what they'd already seen that and they seen all this mass explosion and stuff. And they thought, well, do we want that ugly poster board? I or? think that. And I think that's probably what he was. Yeah. And to be honest, that's probably how music gets reinvented anyway, because some kid's going to find that stuff. You know, I look at the, you know, I mean, Spacek for me, the vintage, I mean, that was a huge album, massive album for me. That is really vintage high tech, right? <laughs> so many thoughts on over the years. All of them I can't remember. Takes a little time to figure. A whole heap of far out moments, a few of them. In December Takes a certain type of trigger Look how cyber we are Cyber we be Always looking to the future Time 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 to take things through Time 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 to make things new Time to take things So many vibes, so many endeavors. I could do this forever. Only one life, only one river. I try my best not to defer. Takes a little time to get in the zone. A place where I can roam. Then time disappears and I'm all on my own. I wish that I could stay forever. Time, oh, time. Time to take things through. Time, time. Time to make things new. Time, time. Stay forever. Time, time, time to make things new.
You were talking about the foundations of drum and bass, mm. actually. I think that's uh, something that you should elaborate on a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always had... My, I, the, people have known me to be a bit outspoken with stuff, but, you know, I look at Mark and Digo and Four Hero, because they are Four Hero. I look at my music and I look at Light and Dark, and, I, and that's purposely because 
Deagle works in the daytime in the morning with me, and Mark works in the evening. It couldn't be any more cut and dry than that. And, um, and I, it was weird because I'd, I'd spoken to, to Deagle about it, and I'd spoke, I speak to Mark about this stuff, you know. I says, Mark, I always phone Mark up out of the blue and say, Mark, can you please just deconstruct the program? Can you please switch me off now? Because you keep saying to me, you just keep going, you're not stopping, because the Terminator, the whole aspects of, you know, they program me, and they, it's a bit like that, <laughs> that scene in Blade Runner, you know what I mean? I, just, how did you make me? Why? <laughs> you know, because Mark and Deagle created this monster, in a sense, for me, they created this guy that I, I, I've learned so I've, they've taught me so much and so when you first met them were mm. you Goldie I was already established as a graffiti writer you know I'd yeah. already been in New York and Miami and everything else but the curiosity for me was you know going to, to seeing them seeing Mark and Deagle on stage doing Mannix um, Astoria and I'm like that's what it is are you, you know? proud of that period of your life I have a, I have a, I had a service to a scene because the scene looked after me and fed me, so I have a service for. It. I feel dutiful to my scene. I have to because that scene, way before any of this stuff came about, way before playlists on Radio One, way before you know this stuff, we were out there playing this music in clubs and just going there not knowing who was playing every week, you know. And even when the record company stuff was going on, I spoke to John Niven today, you know, and Kill Your Friends is out, you know, and I'm. DJ Rage, right? You know, those times, they're all true. All them Who stories was the are true. man in Kill Your Friends based on? It was, uh, it was Pete Tong Schroeder and it was John Niven. It was based on these guys. There was Niven used to watch me come in there with a pit bull through the office. I'd park in anyone's parking bay. I'd go into Pete's office. The dog would walk in before me. He'd sit on the chair. I'd sit down and I'd just wait for Pete to turn up. I don't care if he's in a meeting. And I just used to be a hellraiser then, do you know what I mean? I didn't really care about record company bullshit. You do realise that that was the time that London FFRR was across the car park to where I was. <laughs> yeah, loud. Which yeah, was throwing the ground talking loud. And I had my office and you used to come in and give me a metalhead or something. I don't know. I, I kind of semi knew you, but I remember one day you came in and you played me in a city life. And you just, it was a, you know, not even out um, on a dance mm. or something. And I remember. I remember being so gutted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know why Pete signed it? Because there's a great story. There's yeah, a, more there's money a, than me. No, yeah. But it was a great story because Pete, you know, Pete wasn't going to do it a third time because he missed out on Jazzy, right? Which is a big, big hurt for him. Soul to soul. Yeah. And he missed out on uh, Leftfield, right? Was it Leftfield or Orbital or Leftfield? One of them. Leftfield, I think it was. I think it was Leftfield. And he said, not going to do it again. And I remember meeting John Black in the afternoon. Funnily enough, I'm in, I'm in yoga in Primrose Hill at Fierce Grace, right? And, and David Glicks there, who was my lawyer at the time. And I'd seen John Black, and John Black was the A&R guy, and I was in the office at 4 p.m., and he's gone, it's a deal, right, Tom? So he, he shook my hand, right, for a single album. I've gone, it's a deal. And he shook my hand like this, right? Okay. And then the next morning at, like, 8 o'clock, Pete Tong calls and says, right, I want to do it. Two albums firm. Because we were about to go back to Kensington to go and sign to John Black, to A&M or some shit. And uh, I think Dredden, we have breakfast at Maria's in England's Lane, opposite Nelly Hooper's house. 
and we do the deal. We say it's going to happen. Let's get the lawyer in. Bam, we go to London right there. We signed a two-album firm deal. Was there a track done already? Did you play it? I'd already done Timeless. I mean, because I'd I'd, I'd use Timeless as the tester, wouldn't I? I'd go and play 22 minutes. And as soon as you'd get like an A&R man, he'd start scratching his head thinking where his cog dealer is, you know, thinking about, oh, it's lunchtime. He'd get nervous and a bit antsy at 12 minutes. And then he'd turn it off and you'd just go, all right, cool. And I'd just leave the office. And Pete Why just, didn't you ever come to me? I never got a sniff. <laughs> I, ne- I literally never got a sniff, right? <laughs> I don't know why. But what happened was I played the entire 22 minutes of Pete and he's just, you know, that was it. No, and it was um, so John Black, who ridiculously had the hump, and I hope he's listening, because he said, he phoned me up and he went, how could you do that? Shake my hand and make a deal. I'm like, man, it's a fucking record company. You do it all the fucking time. Do you know what I mean? Beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep. Right, so you know it's just what it is, man. And I says, I says, I'll tell you what it is. John. Let me, let me just, just bring it down a notch, okay? Just hold on, a cotton picking second. I said to him, I said to him, look, Elmer Fudd, right? You got the rabbit, and the rabbit runs in the field, and you shoot the rabbit, and as you shot the rabbit, look, I killed the rabbit, I killed the rabbit, but the rabbit got up and walked away. And that's what I said to him, and he was just put the phone down. That was it. <laughs> yeah, you did. The rabbit, yeah, Elmer Fudd. So when I was Elmer, I've not seen you for ages. Um, what should we play as a representation of that story? Oh, oh, what should we play? For what should we play off the album? Or is this the moment to play in the city live? Um, in fact, in fact, why don't we play the live version? Yeah, from the South Bank, and it's very, very beautiful. Check it out. City Live, which was from the South Bank, which I think is 
you know, Chris Wheeler and the Heritage and Adam Betts, Matt Calver, John Calver, they're just a different, they're different. They love this project so much that they're like, you know, and Jules, they said, look, let's just, let's just do this next year, let's tour it. So we're touring it November, December with the Arts Council. You know, get around the country. And um, we're gonna have the Blue Note sessions in the evenings with Cleveland and the old boys, Scotty and Storm, myself. When I hear Inner City Life, I always, I kind of um, associate it as well as those songs that we've already mentioned to a track by Freeze called Southern Freeze. Oh my God, yeah, Southern Freeze. Well, that's a massive influence for me. I mean, Southern Freeze, it's just the way the vocals love. Caught it in your eye. Jazz Funk around for yeah, you? Yeah, Jazz Funk was well, big time, man. Was it? Well, Jazz Funk was always in this, this smaller room of the all dayers. You know, and I remember Steve Walsh, Hammersmith, and all these mad all dayers I'd go to. Birmingham Powerhouse, Jonathan, Rock City. Don't open a can of worms, Joel's, please don't. No, no, I wanna. You know what I mean? But I for like me, that. Jazz, Jazz Funk was for me, you know, watching the steppers in Birmingham just going at it. You know, the little roll up woolly hat and just doing the jazz step out, and you know what I mean? And just going for it. And for me, you know, that. that 
you, you know. Were you a back room boy or a main room I boy? was main, well, we were back room until the battle started. And when we battled, we got to the main room and impressed the girls. Because we were break, we breakdancing next to the jazz guys. We were the new kids that they didn't like in their jazz room. That's what you got to remember. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? The Fabios of this world wouldn't like me in the jazz room in that much because we were spinning all over their floor. Um, but, you know, funnily enough, you know, serious intention, don't make me wait, peaches. You know what I mean? They're my... They're my... You know, do you know what I mean? Did you come Electric Ballroom on a Friday? Yes, I went there a couple of times. So I'd only, I'd only been a couple of times travelling through London. It was like, but wow. So where were you mainly... Powerhouse, Birmingham. Rock City, every week. Rock City for me was the one. You know what I mean? When I heard that, you know, that bang, 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 serious intention. Gotta get your love. Gotta get... Bum, ba dum bum. You know, that funk for me was, you don't know. What to do to me each time I see her, my heart thumps in my chest. You don't know what you take me through each time I love you. I gotta give you my best. You show me just what true blue good loving is. And since I met you, you passed every test. But girl, I haven't told you all you need to know. about me in terms of Northern Soul you know I was a Northern Soul head I'd, I'd break I'd actually do the moves I'd actually I'd wear a pair of Soleil shows and side pockets man and high waisters and I'd be in a youth club listening to Skiing in the Snow you know big big into that whole aspect of it because my older adopted brother was into Northern Soul and he got a wig and come back all sway 
then where's he been? But the one thing for me that really killed me, Tanya Maria behind the groove. No, was Tina just, Marie. Tina Marie, yeah, it was just like, oh. I always called it Tanya Maria. I always called it Tanya Maria. Talk to me about Tina Marie. Tina Maria, man. Like the voice, man. Portuguese love, square biz, oh. I need your loving. Where are we going? I need your loving. I'm going to play that on Saturday. I need your, I need your loving. So many Tina Marie tracks. Oh, I so gotta much. say, Portuguese love is one of my favourites, but where should we go? The groove is the power, actually, it's that instrumentation and that voice. Bam, the groove. Because I was, you know, I've been listening to a lot of punk for a long time, and this is me, out of my own, finding my Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Roller Drum, finding all of this, this music. Another big page, another chapter in my life, man.
that behind the groove, the way the vocal works in a parallax with the, with her voice, in the brass section, that is the is the way the music is structured for me. It's that, it's that voice, powerful alongside this powerful instrumentation. Do you get it now, guys? Is that that for me is where I'm at? And probably listening back to my music now, as a third party, I'm like, it's obvious. It's Tina Maria, and it's it's that. And the back end is Judy Zook's "Stay with Me Till Dawn." Till stay, stay with me till dawn. The back end of the string arrangement. Where do strings come from, G? Where do you get string? Tina, I can get it from right there. You know, I listen to all of the stuff from 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 Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it was always about that for me. September, which is really unbelievable, is that that was the skating track for me. That was me learning to skate. You know, I dodge around people, and when it came on the floor, everyone just went nuts. And it was like it was also 
the guilty pleasure because it was the it was the it was like guys celebrate this music as opposed to being like a, a forlorn love song which i'm always in the blues on i'm always on the black notes right but september was like yo come on man hold your head up do you know what i mean so september it was the sound of the summer for me a few summers and we'd go from whispering wheels we'd go and we'd skate in amanda city we'd skate around the town and we were like the Warriors all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? And we'd get the boombox and we'd play September. You know, listen to all of the stuff from, from, from Earth, Wind & Fire. And it was always about that for me. That, that mad, you know. And I think things like You and Me were so influenced. Well, Undisputed Truth. You know, You and Me from uh, Timeless. You and Me. Because it's the only record, the only record that doesn't sound like Diane and it's Diane. Because I wanted it to sound completely eloquent and I wanted to have this thing that people didn't think this music could deserve and you know for those that don't remember this tune the piano intro on you and me was played by Robin Smith he did all the five star albums I took all of the MIDI and I got vintage keys pumping it and old behind pumping it to recreate the entire string arrangement for Timeless because that intro was like a minute and a half long without a track coming in what kind of track is it well it's drum and bass guys the music that you doubted so much, that you, you, you said it would never come to anything. If you play You and Me on the show, please, thank you very much. It's a beautiful piece of music.
fascinating to listen back to that song and the fact that there was a huge intro without any drums and the whole album didn't just it wasn't a drum and bass wasn't album drum. people forget that that's the thing that people forget about me that this conceptual music for me it just so happens to be driven by a, by a building block that's just you know it's a V8 but the, 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 the vehicle that it's actually pushing is completely different which album was Mother? Mother was Assassin's Return. Okay, can we just go? It was it was because it, it was the double album deal, wasn't yeah. it? And I really fucked off London Records by making one CD one hour long. <laughs> can we go there? I mean, yeah, conceptual. You weren't just. It was like when you went into this making this record. It. it... Uh, and you know, last year October, when my mother passed, on the Assassin's Return documentary, she said to me on the very last scene. You know, she said that whenever she passes, she'd, she'd want to hear this record. And it's a long record, man. I'm going to play it at anyone's funeral because it's a long record. <laughs> but I went to the... I knew when I... I, I, I was... I'd, she'd passed, and then I'd, I knew in my head that this, this record was why I'd made it. It was my mechanism that was always going to be save me from really, really going places I didn't want to go. And I went to New York... And I landed, I think at like nine o'clock, I went to sleep and I woke up at four. I got the L train to Manhattan. I walked like 12 blocks to yoga. I waited outside. I went in there, did my session, cried like a baby on the mat. And uh, I came back and buried her and it was like this, I went to the chapel of rest the day before the funeral and um, this guy says to me, I'm really glad to see you here, Goldie. I'm not right for these circumstances, though. I understand. I'm really sorry for your loss. He says, I bet you want a cup of tea, then, you kid. I'm like, yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. And then uh, I said, just give me, just give me, just give me about an hour. And I went in there and I slid the door, went past these, these sort of rooms and just slid the doors open, sat down. And she's lying in the box and I put the headphones on, as I promised her. I listened to Mother. And that was the most beautiful thing that I could do and it also made all of the sense of why it was made.
always thought as a broadcaster and a DJ, a music fan, that Mother was your greatest work. Do you know what, Giles? I still think so too, and I really can't thank you enough for saying that. I, I know I really mean that because it's one of those things that people have just. They, they, it gets overshadowed by the first album I think the second album was a greater album but people just didn't realise it and of course we're going to get hung up on Timeless I want Timeless too. what happens to every any gentrification of any, rec any music that you want to iron out but Mother is an absolute piece because remember there's two scenes here that were confused the classical scene that didn't understand what classicist impressionism was and that, that aspect of it. And this drum and bass scene that were like, well, we're baning for a, a, a blood and baning for a drum and bass record. You know, I think that the one thing that I remember before Gangstar died, he's like, and he said to me, Guru, we made peace. Yeah, when Gangstar, you know, the whole Guru thing, when Guru, when Guru was in Seattle and uh, we kissed and made up after a bit of a fracas what in happened? Seattle, he phoned me up at the blue, like, Three years later, and he went, Yo, man, just want to say sorry about what happened. And, you, know, you know, he always said to me, man, like, you know, don't wish too hard because it might come true, right? And I always think about, I always think about the Mother Project. It is my greatest work, and it will always be my greatest work, I think. Let's play a gangster track as well. Let's do it. What should we play? What should <laughs> yeah. we play? Come on. Oh, gotta be Mass Appeal, man. I like Mass Appeal. Because for me, it was just like, you know what I mean? It's the two of them at their peak. At their peak. Because I don't need gimmicks. 
Give me a fly beat and I'm all in it. Word is born, I go on and on. For you it's tragic, I got magic like wands. So I'ma end this lecture and I bet ya. Those who kick dirt in due time, I'm gonna get ya. Cause I be kicking the rear. While they be losing the race, trying to chase massive from Goldie we're getting a little bit of uh, our hip hop history going on with some gangstar premier guru mm, switching it I'm really fascinated as well another thing that you just sort of pulled it out of the bag when you started working with Cleveland Watkiss because I'd known Cleveland Watkiss mm. from the jazz days and mm. the British jazz revival whatever that was with Courtney mm. Pine and, and a whole heap of brilliant musicians at the time Steve Williamson and Jason Steve, Rebello well yeah I mean Steve June Joseph. God, Steve Williamson, you know, and, and Cleveland. Cleveland was a massive, massive thing for me because I, I slept at Dorney Tower on hours and hours of pneumatic tapes of Father Time, Art Blakey. I'd seen loads of footage of Art Blakey time and time again because she used to show me and play them to me from Dick Fontaine because Dick Fontaine was his man and Dick Fontaine made Father Time. And Dick Fontaine made Arena, Hip Hop History. And Dick Fontaine made bombing with Gus Goldie Ghosts to New York. So that's the connection. So the jazz world is and always... Dick Fontaine, funnily enough, just to switch on that, I used to play at the Electric Ballroom upstairs and he made the film of the jazz dancers at the Electric saying, Ballroom. So he used, to sit, he used to come every week... Him and Pat, oh yeah. ...and set and up quietly and just film hours and hours and hours you, for man. weeks on end. I mean, that's the, Dick Fontaine was like a very big mentor in my life. Him and Gus Carroll were big mentors. Gus, wow. if anyone knows, you know, Gus Carroll is and really, you know, my, my kind of father he he schooled me trained me up and I call him Pops you know I've got my daddy in Miami I know that my, my, my blood and everything else but, but Pops is my daddy I stayed there and learned everything looked over the city thinking I want to be somebody I came back to bury my stepfather and looked over Camden and I used to ride down to Red or Dead on the bike and see Kemi and Zoom Records before Zoom Records was even there then Zoom Records came along next to the ballroom which is where I used to go and some of white labels but Gus you know, and then I, I, the whole jazz influence. Jazz has always been very close to my heart. I mean, every day I listen to jazz. And Art Blakey. Art Blakey. Well, Naimu this morning in the Bath Cold Train. You know, uh, talk to me about Mingus. Blakey though. Play Blakey because Blakey's the drums, and there's something about that it's, that people forget the name Timeless came from Blakey. Father Time. Timeless, and it was always about him talking about time. It was always him. You know, I've seen a lot of footage with him and his son. You know, and it was always influencing me about the fact of time and how drumming and the space between. You know, and, and when I speak to my artists about the space between your program and his drums, Scotty, the space between the drums. It's really weird. Oh, Blakey. And this is on a record label called Timeless. 
in case you missed it.
got some new music coming I can't wait to hear it you've already slipped one our way which uh, is called Broken Man brilliant track um, interesting who's the vocalist on Qu- that Quabs powerful singer wrote that track Broken Man on the back of finding obviously all the yoga stuff I'd found and of course it's a ballad 
you know, why can't you make drum-based ballads? You know, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to to be able to do these kind of things, and I think that the beauty of that is that it was searching for this broken man. It's no longer here anymore. So the new album is going to be coming out as an album when. 2017 spring studios is it clashing with the inner city life remix no because the tour happens in november december we're doing i'm not going to say the festival we're doing we're doing something really big before um in the summer and then we break for a while then we do the arts council and we tour this this mother all over Um, the uk around the world uk man and then we're doing 2017 we'll do rio and san paolo and then the new goalie album will be out in march um i'm doing that in thailand in this January, February, March, April, May, June. So you're 18 months ahead right now. Yeah, man, I'm way ahead. I'm, and we did the drums at Battery Studios 18 months ago with the Heritage Orchestra. What other so guests are on? I'm like, Adam Betts is obviously doing the most of the drum line. Matt Calvert, John Calvert, Jose, James, John Dixon, Underground Resistance, Debridge. Uh, George from Comics is doing a really gnarly piece with me. Um, and Fresh is doing something really different, not his usual stuff. He's going back to his old roots, so I'm going to take him on a journey. You know, and, um, we, yeah. we started off with a uh, bit of Terminator and a bit of Reinforced. I mm. think you just mentioned Underground Resistance, mm. and I would love us to f- close part one, Goldie, with... Uh, Underground the two of us. Yeah, with uh yeah, I'd love to finish off with some underground resistance. They're unbelievable. I mean that that in Mad Mike's Mike Mike for me, Mike Banks. Detroit. Yeah. I look at the Detroit Detroit techno, none of us would be here without it, number one. None of the house music stuff would be here for sure. They had influence that came to Germany all those years ago and created this whole other thing that moved around and just created this screwed something else. You know, for me, Saunderson, Mad Mike's, that all on the ground, you know, for me, straight out of hell, the cameo remix, it still still kills me uh, of, 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 of that, of of, of They're just, just, just unbelievable. Those, that for me is what the music that made me, that's my DNA's part of that. And if anyone's out there has never seen it, Black Angel in History needs to be watched. It's a phenomenal documentary. If you want to try and join the dots of where we're at, it's a pretty, pretty good documentary, right? Um, hey, you know what? You mentioned Digo mm. very much. We're talking about underground resistance. Digo came around to my house once. We'd just been working on the Full Hero album, and he came around, and we just did some listening and stuff. And uh, he looked at my record collection, and he says, um, "Have you got any underground resistance?" I said, "No, I don't. Don't. I don't know where it would be. You know." And so he pulled out of his bag a copy of High Tech Jazz. Oh, yeah. And he says, you need this, Charles. You need this, yeah, wow. High Tech Jazz, that's just, yeah, we need to play that record, right? That's wow. That's the one, isn't it, really? Goldie, thank you. Thank you, Back Charles. next year, right? Back next year with an album in pocket. Keep in tune, <laughs> stay in tune and keep sending me those takes. Namaste. I, mean, I, enjoy, yeah, well. I enjoy those when it's horrible winter here in the I'll be on the beach doing yoga, stretching my back, as they say. I'm out there. You know what I mean? Thank you, Charles, my brother. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.